Welcome to the podcast. We have John Worcester on. He's the return of John Worcester. Second appearance on the Todd Berry podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, great drummer for the Mountain Goats, for Bob Mold Band, for Super Chunk, other people. Those are the main three, I would say. And um, super funny guy. Does work with Tom Sharpling on The Best Show. You probably know him. You know, if you're listening, I bet you know him already. But if not, you should listen anyway. And uh, I have some tour dates that are hopefully happening. You can go to my website and look at those, toddberry.com. I have shirts at Toddberry, Toddberry Podcast T-shirts. And I found out, I went on the page, there's actually other products. You get a Toddberry Podcast mug. Just poke around and you'll see the different stuff you can get. That's at toddberry.com slash shirts. And we'll be right back with John Worcester. John Worcester, when's the last time we talked? I feel like the last time we talked, did we have, have a good lunch together in the last year? I mean, I don't know if it was a good lunch, but we probably had lunch. Yeah, I, I think we did. <laughs> I, that was that was my first jab at you, but we're just... Uh, <laughs> No, it's always a good lunch with you. Yeah, I think we did. Did we go to um, one of my favorite places, Vic's, the place that had the onions things? Yes. Yeah. Free ad for this place called Vic's on uh, Great Jones Street that has these, I don't know what you call them, like onion chips and this like cheese dipping sauce. Oh, my God. It was good stuff. It was a great atmosphere, too. Great atmosphere. It was. It was bustling. (laughs) Now, this – uh, pardon me if I if I stumble in my speech today. This is this will be the longest conversation I've had with someone in two months. <laughs> that's, I thought you were going to say that we've ever had, but uh, that's uh, I know it's crazy. What if you? Uh, it's weird because part of me is like I got to talk to people, and it's part of me is like I don't know if I want to talk to people any more than I used to want to talk to people. Right, I, I'm the same way. I um. This isn't that different than my off tour life. Like when I get home from a tour, I'll go to the store every day and I I might go out to see a movie or a band, but it's always by myself. And so I don't, I have friends, but I don't really hang out with anyone. So it just means I'm going to the store less. So you don't even meet friends for lunch or dinner? Oh, did I lose you? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, do you meet friends for lunch and dinner when you're uh, off tour? Or do you just kind of... Uh... Uh, no, I, I pretty much do everything alone. I'll go I'll go to the movie sometimes with a friend, Phil Morrison, who you know. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it's I have a pretty, uh, pretty hermit-like existence when I'm not on the road. Yeah, I do a lot of shit alone also. Yeah. Um, but okay, so what do you? Uh, you have a tour coming up, though, right? Well, there. I was supposed to actually. I think we were supposed to be done a Mountain Goats tour today. We were going to go on a big tour, and that got <laughs> scrapped. And ho- hopefully, it will be on for October or November. But who knows? 
who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it's very weird because like you, you, I reschedule shows, but you're kind of like I don't even know if this one's going to happen now. But comedy clubs are starting to open up again, so maybe you might have to make the switch. Maybe now I wonder what they're going to do uh, c- capacity wise. I think they're due summer. I think are doing from what I've heard like twenty five to fifty percent. So that's really going to be bad for you. Whoa! <laughs> Was that an insult? That sounded like a compliment. Wait, no. I, the, the way I meant it was <laughs> it's going it's to be half as much as you normally have, which isn't a uh, lot. I yes! think you're making, Bam! I think you're making a leap in logic there. I think there's a, there's I, a, I, fa- I think there's a factual error. You, you blew it on that one, man. I, I did. In- I did. Let's never roast each other again. It's okay. not working. Speaking of, that's what I've been I've been watching a lot of. Like I'll, What's I've, that? I've gotten well, I've gotten way back into meditation, which I used to do in the nineties oh, really? a lot. So I'm trying to like be very calm and stuff. But then after I do that, I need something that's the opposite. So I just watch all these roasts on YouTube. <laughs> what? Uh, there's a lot of them. Oh, it's it's. A, a ton of them and most of them take place at this place i've never heard of called the stand oh yeah yeah that's a relatively new club in new york city i guess a few years old maybe three or four years old but there were some um, good there was a good one of you on uh on the jeff uh, the jeff what's his name ross oh the jeff oh yeah jeff ross, jeff ross. yes yeah, and there's also that you watched the Patrice roast, right? I did. Yes. Yeah, that was good. And you, you got some hot stuff in that too. Yeah, you I know, man. I know. It's funny that you're watching roasts. I know because I don't normally partake in that sort of thing, but I just I don't know for some reason it's it calms me and makes me laugh. I like going. I like that you go from me- from meditation to people telling borderline racist jokes to each other. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what that wiring is, but I, I went to a weekend <laughs> retreat retreat once in Nashville, kind of like this uh, new age kind of kind of symposium. And by the end of it, I was I loved it, but I was ready to leave. And the entire drive back, I listened to Anthony Jeselnik, you and, and a couple other things. Uh not that you work blue at all, but he he, he really does. Yeah. So I need I needed the I needed the heavy stuff too. Did you? Uh, what was this retreat? I want to hear about that. It was a uh, it was a channeling. Really? Yes. Yeah. What is that? I don't, I'm not even sure what that is. I mean, I know what a channeling is. We channel I, someone else or whatever. Yeah, I've been to a couple of them in Asheville. Asheville's a hotbed for this sort of activity. Uh, basically, I, and you have to you have to you know, turn over your belief to this thing that it actually happens. So basically they channel, uh, whatever. It's usually like a, a, a conglomerate of, of energies that, that, uh, come through the person and they, they give you some sort of whatever their, their take on the universe. So is this a, like a group thing? I've never, I don't know anyone who's gone to a, a channeling before. I don't either. I'm the only, I'm the only one I know that's really into this stuff. So you, you go by yourself and then you're in a group when you're channeling or is it a one-on-one channeling session? 
it's it's a group, but there's one person that does the channeling, and and, and you're just the audience for it. Oh, yes. So how's it help you? I'm sorry, I keep asking. I've just never. Oh, it's okay. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I I I never quite trusted what what people of Earth were saying. So I wa- I wanted to get a perspective that's not of the planet. I know that sounds really insane to most people. Right. It's uh, it's surprising. It doesn't seem like something you would do based on me knowing you. I know. I, I've, I've been very, very private about it. Yeah. Been, it's just endle- endlessly interesting to me. Well, once the 800 people who listen to this podcast hear it, it's not going to be private anymore. <laughs> the cat's out I of the I never did one of those. I never did one of those 800 things. I, I don't, I didn't trust. No, those. I was saying there's 800 people who live to my, po- listen to my podcast. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant a 1-800 number. I can't tell if we're not hearing each other or we're just, we both woke up or just woke up. That could be it. I, I'm it's, getting long, long blocks where there's just silence, where I'm not hearing what oh, you're saying. Oh man. Okay. Well, hopefully this will come out good. Um, yeah. If not, we'll be redoing this. Oh, with good. a new software program. But okay. so far, I think we could do this. Where do you no. um? So, when's the last time you did one of those channeling? Oh, this was this was years ago. This was probably at least five years ago. Okay. Yeah. And you meditate every day? I try to. Yes, for half an hour. Wow. That seems like. Do you do it? When do you do it? I do well. Uh, now my my usual day is I'll. I'll I'll get up usually kind of early, like six or something and, uh, you know, have coffee and breakfast and then I'll go, I'll putter around and then I will uh, go on my first walk of the day for about a mile and a half and then I'll come back and then I'll meditate. So I'm kind of loose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I like it. It helps, helps me kind of calm down and put things in. Do you use an app or do you, uh. Oh, you know what I do? I, sometimes I use this app called Relax Melodies, and it's just basically uh-huh. I'll put I'll put the sound of brown brown noise. There's white noise and there's pink noise, and brown noise is kind of like a a, a smoother noise. And it's it's funny that it's called brown noise because the guy who discovered it, his last name was Brown. Isn't that weird? Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Um, so I'll either do that or there's this, I, I have, uh, I'm on this, on the verge of having high blood pressure. So, yeah. uh, I, I found this, I don't know how I found this, this song, but, um, there's a song that is touted as being good for lowering your blood pressure and it's called, Oh, I need called, to hear that. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it right now. The song is called weightless and it's by, um, hang on. It's by a cardiologist's son. It is. It's by Mar- Marconi Union. I, I'm on, I don't know what that is, but basically, it's got this this pulse that goes out on through throughout that it, that is like a a decent blood pressure pulse, I guess. And so, I'll just put that on a loop, and it does it maybe four times, and that's my half an hour. Have you? Um, okay, so you don't have like a regimented thing. It's kind of you just chill out, basically. I'll put that on, but but I will definitely meditate while that is happening, while that uh-huh. song or, or those sounds are going. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've tried to meditate. I've got the app and uh, I've done it, but I, I guess I have, I never got into a groove where I actually know whether it's helping because I get, I get so fidgety. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, it takes, it takes a long time to, to even get in some kind of groove. I found, I, I started doing it maybe around like 2000 and, um, yeah. and I did it kind of hardcore for a while and then, you know, touring happened a lot and just, it was harder to, harder to do it. And then I didn't do it for years until, um, very recently. Now these walks you go on, how long, so you go on like a because I've been going on multiple longish walks just because it's my only exercise mm -hmm. during all this, as opposed to me, my usual gym rat schedule. But uh, right? <laughs> I was actually on a roll. I was taking Pilates classes and I was kind of on a roll. I mean, Ooh, I I've, I've heard that's really studio. good. Yeah, it is good because it's exercise, but it's not like- And that's a whole like, contraption, right? There's a bunch of contraptions. Yeah, and some of it isn't contraption. Some of it's just like- doing a plank which is sort of like a uh, it's like a sort of like a push-up but you hold yourself um but uh yeah so I, so so you i'm running out of roots though for my walking because i'm kind of like all right I've, I've been on that street oh 6, yeah I, i've only got one route i uh, there's a um there's like a, a very suburban neighborhood across the street from where i live and i'll i'll just go on this loop and I'll do it twice a day. It's a mile and a half each time, but that, that's yeah. all. Like I, I have no, I have no other really walking options. So I'm very bored with it by now. So you can't, there's not like a part of town you can walk to. Um, not really. I'm kind of in the country, which is great because I don't have close neighbors and, uh, and I, I can play the drums whenever I want and oh, wow. I'm not bothering anyone. So that's, that's kept me sane too. I get I play for at least hopefully an hour a day. That'd be funny if you had neighbors who were really bothered by it, but they're too timid to walk over there. Like, oh fuck, he's at it again. <laughs> he's 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 two miles from us, but fuck, god <laughs> damn. <laughs> and then there's there's another drummer down the street who I I hear every now and then. Damn, you live outside. He's of He's okay. He's. <laughs> You should leave him a He's note. He's just okay. <laughs> Dear guy, uh, 83 uh, Elm Street. So you're a little behind the beach. Yeah. Pick are it you up playing there, a lot? Of are you playing a lot? Say again? Are you playing a lot of drums? I am playing drums a lot. Um, and I've been doing something which I normally I normally would never do or just didn't really have the time or inclination to do. I'll, um, I'll go on Spotify and I'll just pick like a genre that I don't really know much about and just play along with whatever it spits at me. Like, uh, like some of this like 70s funk, which I've never really played along with. And it's really it's really fun because like it's. It's like a groove, but every now and then there'll be like a little change up in the, in the pattern. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. Just try to do some things I normally never do. How do you literally play to a song? Like if you're, cause your drums are so loud. How do you, how do you hear this? You just wear headphones and. Yeah. Um, in the mountain goats, we have started using those in-ear monitors. 
Right. And basically right. that's like a, you know, like a headphone, but it goes in your ear and, and it seals out the outside sound. So um, these, those are great for, for just playing along with records in your laptop too. They, they uh, nice. block out all the sound. So it's, they're really good. Do you, um, cause you got most, I mean, you got, you did, you do so many more gigs than most drummers do that you probably don't even have, you don't need to practice that much. Or am I wrong? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have nothing coming up to practice for <laughs> as far as I know, right. but, uh, I, I, I do it just to, to stay in shape and it's usually right. kind of fun and, and it's, yeah, it's just good. It's good for my mental health too. Like if I don't play for a week or so, I, I feel, I feel it. Like I feel I'm easily annoyed and I guess it's like any kind of exercise really, if you don't do it for a while you you know it, it has its effects yeah i haven't i haven't done stand-up in two months oh my god i know what is that right? like it's it's weird because i'm just i was thinking of doing my acts just in my living room which is i can't imagine anything less fun than that but right just so like i don't forget the jokes and uh and when i go back on stage Four years from now, I will uh, be ready to go. <laughs> Are you going to have, a, have, have you got, a whole quarantine set? I don't. I don't think I'll have a second about. It. I haven't written one thing about it. I just. I mean, I. There's going to be quite those first few nights are going to be a lot of. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be covering similar ground, but. Uh, That's true. I also don't think. I also don't think people want to hear about it really. What about doing crowd work w- with people with masks? I uh, I thought I was thinking it might be the ideal time to do another crowd work tour because because I will be rusty and there's no rusty with crowd work really unless you lose right. your quick wit. Um, yeah, I mean that that might be weird, but uh, here's yeah. what you, here's what you, here's what you do you you record a tight set just the audio, you come out with a mask on and you play that, the audio, so people think you're doing it live. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually a good idea. That's a good idea even if they're onto me because then it's like, yeah, I'm doing a bit. Yeah, I like it. Oh, man, can you imagine touring the world? That's, that'd be like being in one of those bands that we won't mention that lip sync on the road. Oh, you mean like most bands? Oh, <laughs> hi, yo. Do you, uh, have you done any sort of, have you been asked to do any like zoom shows? Or? <laughs> Thank God. No, no, I, I don't, I don't love, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I've had to video some things for like rock band videos to promote things that are coming out in the fall yeah. in my house. And it's so aggravating that the technical aspects of it are, are you know, it, it makes me feel so appreciative of just being able to walk into a recording studio and have someone man the board and set it up and I just play or like, you know, doing a video or whatever, some sort of video performance. I don't have to worry about the camera falling over. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't love if there was a way to just do it. I'd be into it, but if it involves me having to work for five hours to get a shot set up and you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, I've just seen stuff where like bands they'll show like Sting playing with thirty other musicians. I guess that's the same thing. You would have to set a lot of that up yourself. Yeah, and I have pride in my work, Todd. I want it to be perfect. What if Sting called you like while we were doing this podcast? I would. And uh, <laughs> this is that's the most ridiculous I question. I, I would say first, if if you want me to play, we got to make these songs way simpler. <laughs> Did you like Stuart Copeland as a drummer? Oh yeah, he was he was he was He's maybe good, my right? fa- my favorite as a kid. Yeah, when I was I when I discovered that first record, um, maybe a year after it came out, because I remember getting Regatta de Blanc kind of soon after that. Uh, I just loved it. I loved the band. I loved the music, especially his playing. And I I would play along with that first record and and uh, this bootleg I got. Uh, around the same time. And, uh, I loved it. And it, it's so interesting. Cause like, he's, he's one of the few drummers, you know, there's only a handful of them where you hear them and you know exactly who that is. Yeah. I was going to say, he has a very distinct style yeah, and, that I and, can't describe. Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of that is, d- is down to the tuning of his drums too. They're very tight. The, the drum heads are very tight. So it's, it's very at odds with, when that record came out, when that, when, when those, those first couple records came out, cause everyone had that big, you know, either like a thuddy drum sound or, or like right kind of sound. And his were kind of his own, his own little thing, which was great. Yeah. He's good. And, uh, have you seen, did you ever see the police? I did. Um, I had this, this probably to this day is still the best weekend of my life. I was, uh, I was 15 or 14. And um, played my very first gig ever. It was a backyard party, but there was a lot of kids there uh, with a band I had called Hair Club for Men. And uh, so this this was this. It was August twenty first, nineteen eighty one. And the next day, we all went to see the Police play at this racetrack uh, outside of Philadelphia. So and right. it was it was their only U.S. show of the summer. They played the next day in Toronto, but um, it was the only show of the summer in in the States. And it it was the police, the specials, uh, maybe two weeks before they broke up, uh, the Go-Go's. Oh, man. Oingo Boingo. And the first band was the Coasters. Seriously? Yeah. and, And for like probably 20 years no idea why they were on the bill. <laughs> they came out in these these green suits, they, you know, very, uh, you know, nightclub kind of attire for these guys. Like I'm sure they wore it the night before. Um, and they came out and they did half an hour. And then so I found found out years and years later, the gig they did do the day before was Miles Copeland's wedding in New York. Oh, and he just said, you want to jump on this bill or something? Must have been. Yeah, must have been. You know, he sweetened the deal with that. So here's these guys who are probably in their late 50s or something playing to these these kids who were there to see, you know. Was the crowd nice to him? Yeah. Yeah, my memory is, is it was just, oh, my God, why are these guys here? And then one of the guys was like, he, he, he one of the guys in the coasters looks down and he says into the mic very quietly, hey, I'll have, I'll have some of what you're smoking. Like trying to, 
Trying to be trying to be cool. Trying to be a whole cool guy. (laughs) Very. But but those Uh, two days were were amazing. I saw the police twice, and one time the one first time I saw them, I believe, was the day John Lennon was murdered. I know this was in Florida because yes, it was. Yeah, in Andy Andy Summers' coffee table book, he has a he has a picture of the paper in the in in the box on the street. Wow! So you were there. I was there. Yeah, I was. uh, I remember hearing it on the ride home. Oh my god! uh, Yeah, this was at the Sunrise Musical Theater in Sunrise, Florida, which I think is a mega church now, or it was. It became wow, a mega church. Okay. But it was also a place like where I, my graduation was, I think, my high school. and um, But also this place where I saw Blondie and mm-hmm. Rockpile in 1979. So it was kind of a – it's kind of like the last place you'd expect to find these. It was kind of – it was just in the middle of nowhere in western Broward County. So it was right. kind of this weird – but also they would get like, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. and Angelbert Humperdinck and – Yeah. But um, but yeah, I do. I did see the police. I think the second time I saw the police, I had those behind the stage seats. Oh, so that sounds have... fun! <laughs> like I know that's probably not not what a kid wants, but I think that would be really fun to see. I'm tr- yeah, a band I mean, now from that, that angle. I wonder if it was obstructed view. I mean, it's such a long time ago. But yeah, that does sound fun now. Now that you're saying that out loud, because you can really see them working. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, why I, I like kind of like that. I like watching bands on TV, like on Austin City Limits, because it's like, oh, you can see the fucking what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love all the all the the hidden stuff that you don't you don't see. Do you um have you talked to like your bandmates about how concerts might change? Like how are they can how are you can do a packed. Can you do packed rock concerts anymore? Or is I, that I don't know. I, I really haven't gotten into it with anyone. I think people are still just trying to figure out what it could be. I, I think there was a show, was it in Alabama or something? It was like the first yeah. show and it was one of these country guys. And um, the picture I saw, I couldn't see the audience at all, but the performers weren't wearing masks. I guess you can if you're singing, but right. um, so I don't know how it's going to work. I don't. I don't know what capacities are going to be, or it, it's just it's completely unknown. It's weird, right, man? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Are you doing a lot of cooking? Um, I I am. I uh, I'm I'm a decent salad maker. I like. Yeah. Uh, I, I do pasta. I do. Uh, I do Mexican. Uh, those are my. Really? Uh, that's my big ones, and but I'm dying for Indian food. I love Indian food, and I haven't had it in months. Do they have a? Can you get food delivered there? Uh, no, I think I'm too in the middle of nowhere. But I, I would definitely go to this place that that just opened up here uh, in the last year. But I don't know. I still haven't haven't had the courage to to go get pick up anywhere. From I will. What I've been- from what I've been reading, like I think a new CDC report came out, like the whole surfaces thing, like it it's very, it seems now it's very unlikely you could mm-hmm. catch it from ordering food. It's much more of a uh, being around people kind of disease. Sorry to use the technical medical term, but uh, it's, it's a being around people disease. So I, I don't know tra- that, like I think, what's it? 
they'll say, I, I think Trump tweeted that term this morning, didn't he? <laughs> that's actually, he's like, yeah, that's good. That's a good way to, that's a good way to phrase it, man. So, <laughs> it's clear. Um, but yeah, I don't think like, like, I don't think you're, you really need to like wipe down every, I was, cause I was wiping down everything. Like it was so fr- rage inducing to be like oh, wiping God, down yeah. a can of beans or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and I, I had the luxury of being able to leave my groceries like on the, in my backyard for a day, <laughs> a day or something. But you know, if you're in the city, you can't do any of that. <laughs> so, uh, so you make Mexican food. Are you now where are you getting your recipes from? Or are you winging it? I'm winging it. Cause I've been ordering like cooking supplies and it's, uh, I don't, I feel like cooking for one. It's just like, I mean, I'm doing it, but it's just the place is like cooking one person cooking for one. Like the, the kitchen is wrecked when I'm done in my opinion. Right. And you need a good, a, a decent kitchen to do it. My kitchen isn't, isn't, uh, isn't an enjoyable space to cook in. So I'll, I'll be ready to eat in a restaurant. Oh man. I would, that's, I want to do that more. Like if, if they ended this, first thing I'd do is go uh, we'd sip, uh, get a coffee and I'd sit for an hour somewhere. Then I'd go eat. Then I'd do a show. I don't even know if I would try to meet anyone. I would just fucking go do it. Fuck. Do it, yeah. <laughs> I'm really, that's a real fuck. That's a real bold thing. I'm going to go get food once I'm allowed to. <laughs> it's amazing wow. that we're having, we're having this discussion at all. What's your... What's your uh, mask situation? Where are you getting your masks? Uh, I've been lucky. I've, I've had some friends who are very, uh, very craftsy. Mm-hmm. Send, me, send me ones they've made. My, our, our, uh, the Mountain Goats merch woman, Trudy, is, is such a great uh, maker of things. And she sent me a, a mask that is – she got this material that I guess is – it was just like a sheet of the Good and Plenty's – box so so she made a mask out of that and my friend michelle made me a good polka dot one and um there's a great shop that you and i have probably discussed uh i he does not have a physical location anymore uh, by robert james is is the maker and it's the guy that makes uh a lot of the shirts and pants that i wear and uh-huh. he was he was on orchard street but he now it's just um web based and he makes really good masks that are kind of fashionable and kind of fun by robert james by robert james huh yes yeah, yeah I, i've been uh yeah I, I don't know like i i went on my the company that makes that does my t-shirt printing and i realized you can mm-hmm. make a top berry mask and i was like wow i don't that doesn't feel right selling that unless i donated all the money but the idea of running someone into on this Running into someone on the street and they're wearing a mask of me would be pretty fucking cool. It um, would be great. It would be great. Uh, I, I I like I w- the one thing I love about all this is that it's brought ban- the bandana back. <laughs> I have never. And I don't I, think I've. Yeah. I've oh, you gotta try it. I I bought an X bandana last night from their web store, the Band X. <laughs> It's so funny the way we're all trying to soothe ourselves. I'm going to buy a fun bandana (laughs) (laughs) with a band on it. 
Oh. Uh, I walk around on a suburban street in North Carolina. No one even sees my fucking bandana. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what? What are you watching? Oh, there we go. That's what we needed to talk about. Yes. I've been watching. I watched a good movie less. Do you watch? Because I know you and I always trade texts about documentaries. And at some point I was like, does this guy watch movies that aren't documentaries? Am I allowed to bring one of those up? But uh, do you watch non-documentaries? Oh, yeah. Uh, trying okay. to think. Like, I, I, that's what I, I would see at, at, at the theater. I, I, I would go to the movie theater at least once a week. Phil and I would, would go sometimes. And uh, yeah. so that's where I would see all my scripted fare. <laughs> uh, what if uh, yeah I watched something called um, Bad Education yesterday it's on an HBO movie I loved it I watched it it was great yeah I loved it man I thought it was really good yeah I love those those, those things where, where someone just this is not getting away too much to the listeners but where, where someone gets so far in over their heads that, that, <laughs> that it's so painful to watch it Right. Yeah, that was, that. uh, but what else have I, have you watched, uh, oh man, I've watched so much shit. There's a lot of, Amazon seems to be the place for the documentaries that you didn't know existed. Exactly. Yeah. And some of them are of varying quality, I will say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some of the music ones are, are tough, are, are tough. Like I, I, um, I, I got maybe 15 minutes into two different documentaries the other night and neither are on bands that I really knew much about or, or had a a lot of, I don't know, interest in, uh, Brainiac and the manic street preachers. There's documentaries about them. Yeah. yeah, And they're both on prime, but, but I, I don't know. I just could, it didn't, neither held my attention very long. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know those existed. I'm looking at, I made, I've actually been keeping a diary of what I've been watching. Ooh. Uh, here's the, here's the TV shows I've watched since this quarantine. Tiger King, uh, The Killer Inside, Mind of Aaron Hernandez, Better Call Saul, every episode, How to Fix a Drug Scandal, The Meyer, which is like a Polish crime doc, crime series, Innocence Files, which is really good. Did you see that? I just started uh, this morning. Actually, I I I, got, I watched. Uh, I think I watched all the first episodes. Really good. Yeah, there, there's man. I I get like I get like goosebumps when a judge says you're free to leave mm-hmm. to a a wrongly convicted person. Oh my god! Can you imagine being able to say that to someone? I know you're free to go. Yeah. Oh my god. Be like doing a great stand-up set. Uh, Unorthodox. I watched. Did you see that? No. What is that? That is about a woman who leaves Orthodox Judaism in Brooklyn and kind of flees an arranged marriage. It's really good. Ooh. Highly recommended. The Sinner okay. season one. I watched. Jiri Haji. Do you know about that? It's like a Japanese no. crime thing. That's really Ooh, good. G R G I R I slash H A G J I. Then I watched one called Marcella, which is hmm. another British crime. Then I watched Dead to Me's first season. I, I saw TV. that, yes. I haven't started the second season yet. Did, <laughs> Do you, did, uh, you, did you watch Ozark? I love Ozark. I watched the first season of it and I loved it. And then I just kind of didn't watch the second season. Now there's a third season. I'm like, I, I get a little tense when I have to catch up. But I yeah, guess what like, else am I doing, right? 
Right? I'm worried that I'll forget what happened the first season. Oh, I do. But I, Veep, Veep is my favorite show of all time. I, I, to this day, I still don't know all the characters' names. Right. That's a good show. I don't watch – I'm not watching any comedies really for the most part. Hmm. It's because I just, you know, just, you know, I, uh, <laughs> when you do comedy, it's like working in an ice cream parlor. Thank you. You mean wh- when you are comedy? Oh, thank you, John. <laughs> right? Wow. Wow. Yes. But yes. I do love in a series where they go previously on. on oh, yeah. You got to watch that. Because I fucking forget. I watch, I'll watch eight episodes of a show and then I'll be like, I can't, I don't remember what happened in anything. I can't tell you one fucking bit about that no it's, it's my it's my short attention span now uh movies mm-hmm. did you uh, oh the great hack is really good it's documentary oh i don't know uh, that one yeah that's about the whole facebook um gathering data scandal okay it's really good um you told me about the roy Cohn documentary which i really liked yes um, yeah it's one called Jacob about a really smart guy. It's only a forty-five minute documentary. Oh, I don't know that one. What else? What have you? What have you seen lately? That's good. Um, I watch. Uh, how about movie wise? Let me see here. Um, I just want to pull up my. I haven't watched this one <laughs> on Betty Betty Davis yet. Uh, who I guess was Miles Davis's wife. I think it just went up on on Prime. Uh, it's supposed to be good, and she was supposed to be a real, a real uh, eccentric person. So that I want to see that. Did you see the Jocko Pastorius documentary? I did. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, what a tragic life he had. I, I played in a band, um, the band I was in bef- before Super Chunk, and we played at this club called the Lone Star. That was down. I think it was down by Washington Square Park. This would have so this was like 1987 or six. And uh, wow! And he was known for coming in there and just kind of getting in trouble and getting thrown out. And sure enough, the day we came, we came and sound checked. He came in and was there for a minute and said something to someone and got thrown out. So that that was my yeah. Only. I remember a friend of mine in Florida encountered him at a music store where he like. If I'm remembering the story correctly, which I might not be for uh, slander and libel reasons, but uh, he he got in an argument and then came back and he was wearing war paint. Yes, he would do that. He would smear stuff on his face. Oh, my God. He was good, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, oh, you know, I, I, I found this documentary in – it must have been – must have been at Amoeba in San Francisco that I got last time I was there, maybe nine months ago or so. And it's a documentary on the person who did those tasteless joke books. Do you remember those? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, that sounds. It turns out it, it was this very normal woman who wrote them, who had a job in, in the publishing world. <laughs> and just like oh, on, her, on her own, she would just, she just kept a, tally of these jokes and and it became this massive thing and i just thought it was so such an interesting story is that on amazon 
Uh, no, I, I I bought a physical copy of it, so I don't know if it's Holy if it's shit. online or not. It's called Tasteless. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yes, yeah, it is um, good. So, what do you do at night? Do you what are you doing like tonight? What are you going to do? You take you've taken your walk. You've done your meditation. Um, I have a busy day. This this is my busiest day of of, of since I got home on March eighteenth. Um. Uh. I'm, I had to shoot, shoot video stuff for a, a rock video and uh-huh. um, going to going to record a super chunk song, just the, the drums for it. And I'll send that to Mac and he'll add his stuff and Laura and Jim will add theirs. Um, and then tonight. We can get real, right, Todd? Yeah, I mean, you're, this is being recorded, so go ahead. I'm, I'm, go- I'm going to have a couple hits of, of marijuana. Okay, and I'm, and I'm going to watch uh, whatever strikes my fancy. Probably something you recommended. Did you see? Uh, did you ever see Sexy Beast? I did, but uh, I not oh. in forever. Okay, that's a great. That's one of my, that's one of my go tos. Um, I, I, I would. Love, I, I love watching movies again. Yeah, it's. I would. I really enjoyed watching uh, Bad Education last night. I was like, oh, that fucking just breezed by. Yeah. Sometimes I get fidgety just with like, oh, fucking two hours. I'm going to be sitting on this couch. <laughs> right. Oh, you know, do, do you watch those those uh, made for HBO movies? I really like a lot of those. Like, There was a Phil Spector one. There was one on the um, the McMartin Day School case. Uh, oh, there was. A- is that the one with James Woods? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was I remember liking that movie. I think a lot of those are really good. Yeah. And I'll watch those a lot. (laughs) The, uh, did you, we talked about force majeure. Did you see that one? Um, I, I saw saw the American version, right? The American version. And I think I'm the only person in America who liked the American version. Yeah. I heard, I've I've heard not the best things about it, but, um, but I haven't seen the first one yet. It's really good. It's very just, uh, it's like this small story with this big backdrop to it. Yeah. That's my deep. But um, so this super junk song, you record, how you record, how do you do that? Like he get, well, he sends you the guitar or. Yeah. He, he will um, lay down, uh, you know, a, a click track. So, so he, he can, he'll play along with that. He'll play the song on the guitar and also sing it. And then he sends it to me. And then I'll play along with that. And since there's a click track on it, it'll all get lined up perfectly, you know? And uh, so so I'll I'll just record a stereo drum track. So that's left and right. And um, I'll send that to him and then he'll, he'll plug that in and probably redo the guitar and the vocal. And then he'll send that to Jim and he'll add his guitar. And then Laura will add her, her bass. So it's 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 something that would normally take twenty minutes in a recording studio, and now it will take a week. <laughs> so how do you? So you have good recording equipment then? No, um, I had to borrow. <laughs> I had to, I, I had to go to Max yesterday to pick up two microphones and a uh, two microphone stands. Did, so. Now, how did he do that? Did he leave them on the lawn for you? Or? He, he left them on his porch. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm coming down to North Carolina, allegedly. Yes. In October. Are you around? Oh, uh, 
I hope so. I we don't I have to talk about it. No, but you, you know, I, I'm always there. I've seen I've seen you more than any other comic. Really? Yes, and it's always different. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe because you only see me once every five years. That's probably uh... a. <laughs> I mean, I write a new hour every two days, so you never know where you're gonna get with me. Wow. Um, so you're gonna record this thing. You're gonna, and then you're gonna do that illegal activity that might not even be illegal anymore. Uh-huh. I'm gonna call the I'm gonna call the cops, and uh, that'd be cool if you got raided today. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> and it's so obvious. It's so obvious how it happened. <laughs> we got a tip. A tip from out of state. Hey, I think there's this guy who's gonna be uh, taking a half a bite of an edible and uh, and watching some uh, watching this Showtime movie. Yeah. You didn't hear it from me though. Mm. Um, I reported a suspicious package the other day. Ooh, tell me about it. <clears throat> I was walking in this in a certain neighborhood in the, in Manhattan, and I saw like a backpack, and I was just wow. sitting in front of a staircase, and ninety nine point nine 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 chance that it's just someone left a backpack there, but it was kind of full, and I had this like, oh fuck, what do I, you know, I had this guilt thing. And then I was like, well, if someone wanted to put a bomb, why wouldn't they, they would just, I would just put it in a hefty bag. I mean, why wouldn't you do mm-hmm. that? There's garbage on the street. No one's going to walk by a hefty bag and think there's a bomb in there. True. But then I felt guilty. So then I, I, I did, I think I handled it well. I called the local precinct as opposed to 911. Mm-hmm. I called the precinct that was like four blocks from where this, and then they said, all right, yeah, thanks. We'll send a, uh, we'll send a, uh, we'll send someone to go look. So I, I think I did the right thing, but yeah, I don't know why the backpack is suddenly more suspicious than any other thing that's on the street, but it's in my head. Well, I guess, well, wasn't the Boston situation? Yeah, that's true. You're right. I guess it's easy to carry it, drop it off. And then, and you don't look like a guy walking the street with a garbage bag. So I guess you're right. Fun fact. Uh, the guy (laughs) who, uh, is in jail for the Boston bombing who was discovered in a, in, in a, a boat. Remember that in a backyard? That's right. Remember I that? do remember that. Yeah. S- uh, Watertown, Massachusetts, same little town where the first two Boston albums were recorded in a basement. <laughs> that yeah. is the ultimate music none, trip. <laughs> and none, none of the, none of the news outlets mentioned it. <laughs> you should do that with New York bands also. Like, Here's some crimes that happen in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the same place where the Ramones are from. Um, That's right. Oh, well, you know John, what we have not discussed? What? Oh, well, let's talk final about Final thing. Something that took up most of my viewing was the 10-part ESPN Chicago Bulls thing. Oh, Did I didn't you watch, watch that? I didn't watch any of it. No, I saw people tweeting about it. It's good, right? It was, yeah, and I hate basketball. <laughs> Yeah, but it it was good, and uh, you you still don't know what makes Michael Jordan tick. Like he's is is he cool or is he a complete asshole? We don't know. That's the thing is, it doesn't matter because he's so good. Apparently, I don't know about sports, but people say he's very good. Right, like it, you get such a you get kind of a pass on. I'm not saying he is an asshole, but I'm saying he 
you can get away with being an asshole when you're amazingly good at something. But, right. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm, sure ta- I'm talking to an example of that, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I was about to point myself out, but if you got <laughs> if you got there first, <laughs> I don't like sports, but I do like sports documentaries. Oh yeah. Weirdly. All of those 30 for 30s are, are just essential. But having to watch a game while it's happening, I'd rather die. I've never been – I mean, I'd, I think if I went – someone took me to a basketball game and I had – I've never been to one. I don't, I've never watched a basketball game from beginning to end. Right. I don't think ever. But I think if I had like courtside Jack Nicholson seats, I would probably have a great time. Except you're not factoring in all the squeaking that's going on. What do you mean? Oh, the sneakers on the court? It's just like, it's oh. like insane. <laughs> you think that would hit, that would, uh, that would get my, uh, mesophonia up in there? It's why I don't play pro. <laughs> it's, a- <laughs> uh, I was about, it, that was the final question I was going to ask you is why are you not a professional basketball player? Well, it's the same reason I don't play professional baseball because they throw the ball so hard. And if I get hit, then I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> Uh, are you doing anything with Sharpling lately? We have been doing the best show again, uh, which is great because I, I, you know, I was on the road so long that I, I wasn't able to do it as much as I would have liked because the our concerts now start at the exact same time as the best show. Um, oh. Whereas in the past, you know, you play these dingy rock clubs and you would go on at eleven. So right. I was I was able to do calls back in the in the aughts, but um, so we're doing that. Which has has been great, and um, that's really fun. So that that's keeping me sane, also. What do you? Um, I'm curious about your concert times. Do you have a set time that is like contractually when you do a show? Yeah, um, it's usually around nine fifteen. That's um, good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like when you see that you're playing at 10 30 or something at age 52. It's just like, yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. I like it. I mean, personally, when, when I see a show booked and it's like seven 30 or seven, I'm like, okay, let's do it like that. Cause it, it eliminates the whole, where am I going to eat after the show problem? Cause everything. Oh will yeah. Be open. There's nowhere. Um, yeah, it's- what was the last show you did before the lockdown? The last show, um, Super Chunk played a quick set at the Cat's Cradle here in Chapel Hill, and it was as it was a part of the two-week 50th anniversary celebration of the Cat's Cradle. So that was the last time I played on a stage. Was even March 18th though? That was that was right about when people were like, maybe you shouldn't be doing shows, right? Because mine was my last one was on the 13th, I believe. But uh, this was um, a recording trip, recording session. So. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I flew back from Memphis on the 18th, and oh, I was, it was just like, yeah, it, it was right when it was getting really heavy in terms of should you even be out in public at this point? Right. What so were you I doing just, in Memphis? Uh, recording for Mountain Goats. Yes. Yeah. At uh, what's that famous studio there? Well, there there's a few. Uh, the one big one that is most known is called ardent. Okay. And, and that's what Elvis where, recorded. Uh, Oh, uh, sun, which yeah. is, is still open. And we recorded just down the street from sun at a, pl- at a place called Sam Phillips studio, okay. which is obviously 
Sam Phillips from Sun. Uh, but it's it's a still functioning studio. It's where um, it's funny. It's where I recorded with that band, The Right Profile, with Steve Dubner um, in 1987, and it was wild to go back there in t- 2019. And the room was identical. Like it had, hadn't changed oh, at cool. all. It was amazing. It was really cool. Except for all that. Uh, what's that? Uh, Auto tune. All that. It's probably, that probably wasn't there in 87, right? Wait, say again. Except for the auto tune console or whatever they use for auto tune. I'm just trying to update the studio um, <laughs> with, with my letting you know my musical recording knowledge. I'm very <laughs> impressed. All right, John, what, uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, I hope to be alive when this airs. That that's that's uh, that's my main goal right now. Okay. Yeah. And your next tour schedule, next tour that will happen if it happens is with the Mountain Goats. Yeah, uh, I believe so. Possibly Bob Mold before that. Ah. Uh, no, I think it's Mountain Goats, Bob Mold, and then Mountain Goats. Um, he's great. He's um. He's working hard, and um, he's in San Francisco right now, and uh, he's good. Cool. Um, well, John, what's your uh, Twitter handle again? Uh, I am at John Worcester, J-O-N-W-U-R-S-T-E-R. Same on Instagram. Oh, man, we haven't talked about my new worst friend. I love oh. sending you those. You're, but, a, uh, you're a great one. I get sent I, – I, I probably get – 30 a day now not from you just from oh really oh my god it's crazy it's it's i appreciate it but sometimes it's i'll i'll, yeah. I'll just have to like throw the phone down and walk away how does stephanie drury do i know her have i met I her i don't know if you've ever met her she's probably comes to see you in seattle maybe okay. maybe not uh but um She's great. She, I, I, she, I don't know how she finds time to find all this insane. She stuff. gets a lot of them. I was like, "Holy, where's she finding all this shit?" I don't know. She's got her but, feelers uh, out. For those of you who don't know, he does this hashtag, "My new worst friend," where it's basically, which, how would you describe it? It's just gross or sexual in, puns and shit. Just th- things that, um, like, uh, a good example would would be an ad for something that some company had published in a magazine or online. And it's got this weird sexual overtone to it that, (laughs) that got past everybody at at the company and at the ad agency. Like I can't think of an example, but, but, but that's a good, a good description of a typical entry. Like a strategically placed banana or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, and, and just like how how everything is nuts now, like you want our nuts in your mouth, like by, like a, <laughs> a, a peanut company, and and or like every 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 butcher who started up in the last five years has you can't beat our meat or some variation <laughs> on uh, of that in their slogan, and I get all of them. I get sent all of them, unfortunately. But well, I, I recommend- do appreciate. It people checking that out go on you have you have a good you have a good tweet you don't tweet too much and they're all good the same with your uh, instagram what do you oh, think of thank that you. That's, that's that's a high compliment i try not to overdo it well thanks a lot john we'll talk to you soon man thank you todd i hope to see you in person soon yeah man i'll uh yeah i think that'll happen
Three months, so. maybe. All right. See you, Matt. I can I can stick it out. See ya. Bye. Bye. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right. That was John Worcester. Hope you enjoyed that. The Todd Berry Podcast is brought to you by Starburns.audio. That's the website of Starburns Audio. Maybe it's not even called Starburns Audio. Starburns. Let's call it Starburns. Uh, This podcast was engineered by Jessica Gutierrez. And uh, I'd also thank Christy Coffey and Jason Smith over at Starburns. And check out Starburns.audio for this podcast. And they have quite a few others that you might want to listen to. See you soon, everyone. Stay safe, as they say, right? Everyone, you get tired of hearing that? I mean it, though. Stay safe. Wear that mask. Bye. A podcast network.